0: Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense. In this interview, I got to speak with my old shipmate, Steve Mongo Casper. Steve was at my side in the worst seas I've ever been in. We talk about this and what was one of the wildest times I ever had on tall ships. It wasn't just the seas, but also it was the colorful cast of characters on the ship. There are many funny stories, nerve-wracking moments, exploding interpersonal drama, and numerous sailor and seamanship lessons learned, often in the sense of, don't do this, which helped me when I later became a captain. Despite everything, both Steve and I agree we would do it all again in a heartbeat. At the start of this interview, we're talking about an old departed shipmate of ours named Oswald. Oswald was an incredible person, and I was going to leave this part of the interview out, but I decided to keep it in because there really is a very good leadership lesson there in the sense of uh, how not to treat a crew and how not to treat a departing crew member. So I chose to leave it in. Um, I also left in... Me talking about a better way to handle crew departures. Anyhow, we miss you, Oswald. You're incredible. So, without further ado, this is my interview with Steve Mongo Casper. <music> Oswald was like, he, I loved that guy so much. He's a great guy. Young oh, kids. He was a great guy. The best with kids you've ever seen. He hated kids. <laughs> like, and he was the best teacher that we had ever. I mean, he taught me, just watching him teach, you know, and I've been teaching. I taught in Japan for three years. I taught, you know, like, like I had a lot of teaching experience. And I, and I was about to get my teaching credential, like, you know, six months later, I think. I was about to go. So I was like comfortable teaching. But man, I learned stuff from him. He was he was the best with kids. Such a good shipmate. Such a nice guy. But I learned I learned something though because the way that he was forced to leave the boat, um, it, it was interesting because here he had a crew member who was really popular, right, with the whole crew, and really great teacher. Had so many positives, and yeah, he screwed up twice. You know, I get it you know fair enough you, you, you get so hammered drunk you don't come home that's a real worry that's a real problem right but it doesn't mean you end it the way it did and unfortunately the captain at that time I remember this like it was yesterday like we were we were out sailing and you know they do like three cheers like three cheers for this person so they had like a two week trainee was leaving you know like somebody who was like eh, I had not been a crew member for months like Oswald and I had three cheers and captain's like all right three, three cheers for this person like hip, hip, hooray, hip, you know and and then there was nothing for Oswald. And he was leaving. He was leaving that day. So I was like, and so I said, and three cheers for Oswald. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. That captain called a sail order right then. He stopped it. Yeah. It was just, it was just a, what a slap in the face. You know, what a, and and so I learned my lesson there because it, because it did. It brought the morale, morale of the crew down and, Certainly, that person lost a lot of respect in my mind at that point. Wow. I'm like that's just a personal nasty thing to do. Yeah. Why would you do that? You know, think of the crew first. Yeah. Um, and think of his psyche. You know, your ship, your former shipmate's psyche. Yeah. So, so what I did, I remember we had an older fellow who, <laughs> a former pirate turned merchant sailor on our boats, uh, quote unquote pirate he he screwed up one too many times. Like, he let a gun go off right next to my head at one of the Ooh, ships. Uh, yeah. The swivel guns, which they make that loud, high crack. That yeah. Just, oh, man. I I had, uh, my ears were ringing, you know, and, and that was kind of like, I think that was the last straw. There, there's a couple other things that happened. And so I was sitting, I remember I was like, geez, I got to tell this guy. Like, like, and I had this whole thing all planned out. Like, this is what I'm going to say because this happened and this happened and this happened. And then he found me first. He's like, Johan, because I, I was captain, he's like, Johan, I, I got to leave the ship." <laughs> I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and this is." I was like, "Yep, <laughs> all right, fair <laughs> enough." But but I was like, I didn't want him to go out with such a in a negative way, you know. So what I did was, I got the whole crew together. I'm like, "All right, guys, this is what we're gonna do." Because he, the, the you know this this fellow who was leaving, he loved sea shanties. He loved singing and and i wanted to do something that could bring the whole crew together and have them leave on a nice note so basically we you know i said oh you got to sign out of articles which he did he did have to do that so i brought him down the aft cabin signed out articles in the meantime the mate got the whole crew together lined them all up in a row um you know his his bags were already out on deck so he got the whole crew lined up out in a row and then when when we came out on deck you know, I led the way and then this fellow followed and the mate says, officer on deck, because he had been even one of the officers, you know, officer on deck. And everybody like, snapped to attention. He's like, what's this? And then we all started singing Lever, Johnny Lever, you know, which is a nice parting song. Mm-hmm. And I remember singing, uh, <laughs> I was making up verses, of course, and one of them was because uh, this guy was an older fellow. And so I was like, "Well, he once was a pirate or so it's told, Lever, Johnny Lever. But now he's a sailor, and oh so, and he kind of looked at me. I was like, "Bold!" <laughs> and laughed. And it was great. We were all laughing, and you know, he shook everybody's hand, and hugs goodbye, and uh, and that was it. We all gave him a, a farewell. So the reason I did that, I mean, that was it. Was like, okay, we're gonna make sure this farewell goes well, uh-huh. and and it was. I think it did. I think everybody, you know, I think crew, we bonded. He bonded with us. Um, and came back to the boats later you know for to help out and you know you don't want to alienate people so. right yeah learn, you can learn from from bad things that happen to you i guess
1: absolutely you know being on the boats is it's life it is a microchasm of life yeah. and there are a lot of young people some older people and you learn from all of them and especially when i was there was just counting it out. I was about 34 when I was when I came on board. And I was an old man. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I was. And I know, I remember that the crew didn't didn't know me. They didn't trust me. They're like, what's this old guy doing here? Because everybody was what 22, 21, 23. And um I was old. I was I was turning thirty. Were you there uh, for my birthday? Do you remember that? It was in Jacqueline Square. Yeah, I must have been. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I must have been. Because, yeah, I I was with the ship pretty much the whole time we were at Jack London. Okay. And I I left from Jack London, but you guys were going to Redwood within a few days of me leaving. Okay. And um, I remember sitting down in the hold. We'd sit down there and have talks, right, end of the day after dinner. We'd talk about the day and whatnot. And I remember um, Tommy and Elmo, I think especially Black Tommy, was like, yeah, we didn't know we could trust you or what, (laughs) because you were so much older and then you were up there in the shrouds and, you know, we're taking in the sail and you're beating on the sail and swearing. And it wasn't until then that we thought you were cool. You were all right. You, you were swearing at the sails like all of us were up there.
0: Oh, maybe we'll have to use some people's names because it's too hard to just use their positions, isn't it? Oh, right. <laughs> Like, we remember them all. <laughs> we were just talking about that. I, I could, I,
1: I'll, I'll it, work on that. No, I, no, no. I, I, I was, think, I think you know what, we I was just got to be honest. I thinking Black Tommy was... was Code enough.
0: He's great. Yeah, hopefully. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like, pretty much everybody on the ship had a nickname. Right. You I think about? Almost everybody. Yeah. While we were there. I had um, had two. See, for... for, And I I thought, well, when you got your nickname, because you did get a nickname, which was Mongo.
2: Yeah.
0: And I remember when you got it, because we were sitting there, we had that god-awful ramp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I swear to God, and I've heard different stories about this ramp, but I do believe, the story I believe is that it was a temporary thing. They are like, this will just be on for a few weeks, whatever, one port. Years later, many repairs later, this massive, heavy, aluminum, crazy ramp that, I don't know how much it weighed, but it's very heavy. And it was a pain in the butt. every time, like we tied to the shrouds on transits and the bosun's like, oh, just Maybe it'll just slip off this time. Maybe it'll just give us an excuse to get a new one.
2: Right.
0: And and so we're sitting there and we had hoisted up this heavy ramp. So I had it, you know, right above my head, both hands. And somebody else I think was helping me too. I think we had like two people on either end of it. And all of a sudden the ramp just like left my hands (laughs) you had had walked behind me and this other guy in front of me and literally just pushed you know our end of the ramp up and we're like what the heck it's like you know and then and you just single-handedly took that end and put it on the side of the boat and and somebody said it's Mongo. You're, I don't know how that, but but that's how you got your nickname. Like after yeah. that, it was it was Mongo. Yeah, from, everybody was calling me Mongo yeah, from Blazing Saddles. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, prior
1: to that, I think the captain was calling me the Brain. <laughs> the Brain. <laughs> um, yeah, because I you know I figured out the GPS system. Oh, All right, I, I programmed the GPS computer and that's right. No one else had figured that out. It wasn't. I
0: forgot about that. Man. Yeah, Black Tommy and Elmo. All right. Well, those those were good guys. They were. Yeah. yeah, Well, Black Tommy was Bosun. Yeah. And it was he was just this slender, pasty, pale white, uh, blonde haired, red mutton chop, you know, young man. Yeah. uh, Called himself Black Tommy because it made him sound tougher, I guess. (laughs) So he thought. I don't know. He'd
1: been on the boats for a long time. Right. Yeah, he'd been on oh, yeah. for years. Oh no, him and his—I think his sister too. I think they were both on. Mars. Yeah, Holly,
0: Holly, Holly's yeah. great. Oh my gosh, such great shipmates. Uh, yeah, I like Tommy a lot. And then Elmo is this funny hipster. Uh, at the time, he had a little one of those curly mustaches, just just kind of slender, wiry build, yeah. but but hipster. It was weird. It was funny. It yeah. was really funny. So you hopped on. You hopped on in San Francisco. Yeah. And, uh, and then we went to Jack London Square. So, yeah, when I first got on, so actually I should say uh, part of the reason I have you here for this interview is because you were there in the worst conditions I've ever been in sailing-wise, like like, like out at sea. That was right. insane. Um, literally, you were at my side because we were side by side in that. We're, we're going to get to that. Yeah. But that was part of the reason I'm like, man, I got to get Steve out here because otherwise I can't. There's that entire time period that I refer to. And it was very special to me. That, those few months on lady was like, that was, that was an incredibly interesting time. I, I just keep reading my journal. I'm like, holy man, I was living for the moment. Like Dude, this was insane. We
1: were living a dream. Insane. I would pay yeah. to go do that again. <laughs> I would pay to take the lady out into a gale. Yeah. Um, nice. Well, it was, it was it's dangerous as all get out. And the lady was so under equipped for being in that gale. <laughs> and We didn't have lights. We did not have a spotlight. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that.
0: We're going to get to that. Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning, which is you came on in San Francisco, Pier 40. Yeah. And, and I, I came on in Pier 40 as well. Now, when I got on, I got on a couple days before you, I think. And it was an all-guy crew. I'd never had that before. Like, everybody on board was male. And it was different. And and it was it was so funny because the captain we had he had this he was, you know was kind of older felt I think he was in his fifties maybe yeah um, he had like he had this mane of beautiful white hair and just looked
1: like I, I don't know just just
0: looked like a kind of like a ladies man yeah. in his fifties like, like a mature
1: you know, ladies man I don't know I I he reminded me of Richard Greer yeah I could see or, that or um George Clooney I could
0: see that. Yeah, he had that, you know, yeah, that kind of persona. He was a lady killer. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah, and then then the mate was was a, a very slender man, a t- tiny little man with a ginormous beard. Yeah, was this, the most epic beard you've ever seen. But a, but a quiet little voice, very slender guy, uh, very knowledgeable of history. Yeah. Excellent, excellent man. Yeah, a
1: and I ton- just respected him from day one. Yeah, right? he was just dialed in, and he knew. All boat stuff. He knew all about the lady, right? Yeah. No, definitely did. Um,
0: but yeah. yeah, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> but there were moments where I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, oh boy, I don't like, we, we, we got into some crazy situations with, with uh, those two. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. No, no, he definitely knows the boat forward and backwards. Uh, Black Tommy was a bosun, Elmo engineer, Skook,
1: Skook was, yeah. was
0: the cook. Skook was his tall, tall, uh, Big head, big beard, but like on the slender body. Yeah. Uh kind of uh hipstery sort of guy, but just they talk like this. He was kind of crazy. He's like, hey, go gone, go gone. I got, you know. And then we just had this this skook persona.
1: Yeah. And, um, and he had music. All right. He had all the songs oh, dialed yeah. in back in the day. yeah. Oh, he back did. In, he um, was so
0: yeah, he knew the Seattle music scene like back of his hand. Then we had the the steward, was the the fellow from the Navy. Yeah. Um, and then the purser was uh, was uh, Tim. It was Tim yeah. who was just solid.
1: He was yeah. a, solid, solid a solid, guy. He he worked in finance, like selling financials or investment financials or something. Yeah. And somehow he got time off of work to come be on the ship.
0: Yeah. yeah and then the uh, the Edco ended up. Uh, it was Pony.
2: Mm.
0: Pony. Pony has like the best. Nickname ever because I guess so the skook apparently what happened was they were they knew they were getting a new Edco you know new person and the skook was just like I don't I don't want a new sailor let's 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 get something else let's get a pony what do you say pony. And they're like, why, why not? And they're like, yeah, I was like, we'll get a pony. So I guess pony and, – and, and I didn't know Pony's name for like a month. Like literally, I didn't know his name. And, and he yeah. like – I guess he came down the dock and everyone was like, Pony, Pony, it's – we got a pony. And that was it. That was his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know his name for over a month. But uh, but yeah, so so when I got on the boat, it was all guys. And they were out at the shanty sing at the Balclu, though. So, so every month there's this, this formal kind of formal, semi-formal shanty sing that occurs – on the, the tall ship they have about Cluva. And uh, so that's, that's pretty neat. So we went to that. I'm um, not my style. I'm, I'm more of a, I like more spontaneous drunken events, but, <laughs> but, but still it's like, it was fun. But yeah, it was weird. Cause the guys, it was different. It was like, we could let loose in it. It's so having women on board is awesome because they kind of keep, I, I find they keep guys in check a little bit, you know, like, like yeah. things can get a little crazy. Especially if you get too many of the macho types, which we didn't have that so much. When I was on board it was there was not so much that it was more we could just kind of relax and just say you know, let let things slip that maybe we wouldn't normally say, but but there was nobody that was like there was none of the macho, misogynist, hateful stuff. There's nothing like that on board. No. But what I I remember just there was every so often would be like weird. Like we had a mustache competition, which I suppose you wouldn't have if you had women on board.
1: But, It'd be a little harder. Yeah. But we're
0: like, yeah, let's do the mustache competition. And the scook, he well, well, uh, the mate of course, he had like the best overall facial hair. He yeah, wore like you best overall. Yeah. Best attempt was one of the the young guys could only grow peach fuzz. <laughs> so it's like best attempt. And then the scook came out. He had the best celebrity facial hair, and it was Samuel Jackson. From Pulp Fiction, and he like he comes out like looking like a white version of Samuel L. Jackson with the facial hair, right. and he totally did the whole uh, you know Ezekiel five whatever you know the the, the oh, blow that whatever that say one it is. again yeah, say, say it. what again yeah that, he was doing dare all you. the say what again all the impersonations and oh what was the one where they did and uh, uh, you will know my name is the Lord when I <laughs> lay my vengeance upon thee or something yeah so we had that and then one time I had a friend visiting and it was all guys and that was it the captain he was going to he was going <laughs> he was going to the Bahamas because briefly uh, another captain took over yes and so our but our, our captain the the, the uh, George Clooney uh, you know kind of clapped the captain he's like boys I'm going to the Bahamas going to come back going to be married happens every time <laughs> You know? and so we're like, all right, and and we'd gotten together. The the uh, uh, the steward had gotten together and got all the guys to donate a pair of socks because I guess the captain was always at, he was always missing socks, and so he'd ask everyone for <laughs> a pair of socks. So we had a whole bag of socks. Like you know, hey captain, me and the boys, we got something for you. Here's a bag of socks for you. And we're like, oh, you guys are the best crew. And then he's like, and we want to play your favorite sea shanty. <laughs> and so his favorite sea quote unquote sea shanty was that, that old, I forget who sings it, but it's that song, Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. Da, da, da. You know the one, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we start playing that song spontaneously. Everybody jumps up and starts dancing with each other. <laughs> and, and my buddy, who's from San Francisco, he's like, this is the gayest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? Like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know what to say, but I've got to ask Oswald to dance. Hold on one second. <laughs> you know? We were all dancing around and just let loose. Uh, oh, it was just so perfect. Actually. It was a beautiful, that was a beautiful moment.
1: There, there are wonderful times on the boat. I mean, it's just <laughs> stuff that doesn't happen. So
0: what was your, your favorite moment besides, uh, besides you and me <laughs> bent over the tiller?
1: The, <laughs> Yeah, that was, you know, um, I was on the boat for two weeks in San Francisco and we sailed from Pier 40 over to Jack London Square. And going from San Fran to Jack London was cool because we put up every sail, all 11 or 13 of them, mm-hmm. including the bowsprit sail.
0: Yeah, yeah, Spritzel.
1: Spritzel, yes. And um, the reporter that came over, we had a reporter come on board for the transit. So this young gal, She's the only gal on the ship. You're right. We had no women on the ship before her, and um, so I went out on the out on the boom, and the uh, the engineer came out with me to put that sail up.
0: The engineer was Elmo.
1: Yeah, Elmo. And uh, I I went out further and was just hanging out on the far end of the boom. And Elmo came out and he was sitting up against the staysail. Uh, to um, stay, yeah. Uh, but we were just out, out there ahead of the ship, and that was just incredible because we we're just gliding across the water. Mm-hmm. Just you know, we we're only doing two, three knots, if that. But it was peaceful and serene, and I'm sitting there, and the whole ship's in front of me, with all the sails out, and it was just so beautiful, right? It was sailing. Yeah peaceful calm and I'm looking down you know it's 10 feet down to the water and that was just a blast going across San Francisco Bay like that and it was the first time we hit every sail up because we never put the sprit sail up
0: right? yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but because the reporter was on board and we decked her out <laughs> um, so that was that was one of the nicest times you know um, just being on the ship was great it was every day, you knew what you were doing. You had passengers come aboard, you talked to the passengers, you got to climb up into the rigging. You know, after, It took me about a week and a half before I climbed up there and didn't come down and then immediately go into the hold and get some Tylenol. Because I had been hanging on so tightly that I was tearing the muscles in my arms every time I went up there because I was yeah. hanging on so tight. It hurt.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I got to the point where I figured it out, where I could just hang on my hands and, and lean back and hang on the structure. And I wasn't killing myself for every time I went up there. Yep. Um, when you learn to go to climb up the... Uh, the Fuddix. Yeah, yeah, the go, inverted go climb around the, the platform, and get on that platform, and you've got your confidence in how to do that, then your life changes. Yeah, Then you've become a sailor, right? <laughs> Prior to that, you're an amateur that's trying out. <laughs> But when you can burn over the Fudex, and everything's good, and you're climbing up to the next level, um, then you, you've got it made, and you can climb up and down the, the little guy up there, um, the, the ratlins or the Fudex Shrouds or, yeah, I guess the, the Fudex Shroud. Yeah, but or, or is or
0: or the the is, is he, To is Going to the Tagalant. You have the yeah. the, the, the Fudex as
1: well. Yeah, going up to the Tagalant. Yeah, and the.
0: Yes, you have those those two gallon shrouds. Yeah,
1: those shrouds are narrow. They're yeah, they are. and there's only <laughs> three of them. And then you're there. Well there are only
0: two up on the degallant. Okay, yeah, Yeah, there's, there, only. there's only two, and there's three for the the top
1: for, for the Yes. Um, I meant there's, there's only like two or platform. three steps. There's two yeah. two lines. Oh yeah. Down, you're right. and there's two you're or right. three steps, and then you're yep. stepping over onto the degallant. Yep. Um and hanging off of that guy. Yeah. That was when you can do that, you mm-hmm. got it made. <laughs> all right, if you can go to the Tegallant, and I'll go to the Tegallant all day long. Now I love going up there. Hey, <laughs> she's easy to furl. Mm-hmm, that's true. You can do it solo if you really have to. You can furl her solo. But um, you're on top of the world. Yeah, you know it's that stupid Titanic thing where the guys out there are saying, yelling, he's on top of the world. You're up in the Tagalog. You're actually on top of the world. Yeah, right. You're ninety some feet in the air.
0: Yeah, they say it's and, as close to heaven as sailors get.
1: Yeah. And it's it's beautiful, right? Yeah, uh, it really is. You look down at the ship; you can see everybody down there like ants climbing around. <laughs> um, that love that. Yeah, that's one of the best things about being a sailor.
0: There are so many stories. Like I, I had a lot of fun kind of prepping for for this because I you know I, I so I wrote in my journal. I I really captured a lot of the moments in my, yeah. in my journal. I could I could actually see my excitement in the writing. You know, there were points where it's like, "Oh my gosh, this is really" because I kind of did it all after the fact, but I could tell when I was getting excited about things. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, but let's let's so we well so we were in Jack Square. Yeah. I did write that Steve and I went out to uh, to Heinhold's First and Last, which is like the greatest bar ever. It's this nineteenth this bar that's older. It's one of the oldest bars in California, and it, the floor it's in Jack Square and or, or nearby, and the floor is sloped from the 1906 earthquake. And it has bric a brac from over 100 years. It is awesome. And when we were there, the bartender Don was just like, we owned the place. It was amazing. We go and sing shanties like like all the time. Don was giving us like tons of free drinks. People were coming in to hear the music and the singing and just having a blast. There were. Uh, I, I remember writing like like one guy was like, "This is like, have you guys seen Lord of the Rings? This is like Lord of the Rings. This is amazing. I've never seen. It. I'm like, it's like this all the time. It's so much fun." Yeah, yeah I was sure we were going to Shanghai. A few pe- few people there. Oh yeah, um, it was great. And yeah. then me and the skook, we 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 get we get buzz, healthy buzz there, and then we go out and go to the Bad Idea Bar, which was merchants, which which is a, a great dive bar. But every time we went out, right, like, this is a bad idea. We we should be going back to the boat now. And, it, and, and so we started calling it. Skook and I called it the Bad Idea Bar, but it was uh, it was a pretty wild, fun place. Yeah, I never yeah. made it
1: over there, but um, a the Bad Idea.
0: So my thirtieth, you would have remembered it because I dressed up. I was in I was in rubber boots, my black long johns. I had like like a spandexy kind of underwear over top that, a t shirt. A tie, a suit coat, like a black suit coat jacket and a top hat because I was turning 30 and i had been waiting for this for years because in Germany, where I lived in Germany for, for one of the years, it was in Northwest Germany, um, it was a tradition where if a guy turned 30 and wasn't married, they had to dress up like a fool and go around and you had to clean something up and, and all your friends are making fun of you and they're all getting hammered, drunk and laughing, poking fun at you and you had to do this until you got kissed by a virgin. Wow. That was, that was the rule. And so, so me, and so I tried to explain this to the crew, and they didn't quite get it. And then I show up in this ridiculous outfit, and they still didn't get it. I've been collecting bottle caps for for days or weeks. I had a big bag of bottle caps, and I spill out all these bottle caps in front of the the Heinholz and they're still not quite getting it. And then, and then the uh, the steward started saying in a German, fake German accent, he's like. Oh, Johan, you silly man. Had you been married? This wouldn't be happening. And then everybody started poking fun at me. And they started like kicking the pile of bottle Because <laughs> as you get close <laughs> to being done, they'll kick it. And and of course, I went out on a Sunday night when there's not a virgin in sight. This was a horrible idea. And my backup plan was to kiss Tiller. Do You remember Cat uh, Maya had a, a dog named Tiller? Yeah. This cute little pit bull dog that he found on Valentine's Day walking in the middle of the highway. It was like saved this dog's life. Uh, but Tiller wasn't having it. I was like, oh <laughs> So so then at that point, the steward the steward came up to me and he puts both hands on my shoulders and says, Johan, there's something I have to confess that I've never told you. I'm a virgin. And boom, he plants one right on my face, and I was like, Rawr! And and I swear I saw a flash. Somebody has a flash of that moment with my eyes like this big, flailing <laughs> as he did that. It was so oh, funny. That's awesome. Yeah. It was so funny. But yeah, that was my thirtieth. It was pretty crazy.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, so then so you left us. We went to Redwood City. Yep. Um, that was hilarious! Oh my gosh! I think I remember. I think I could be wrong. Yeah. So the one captain, he must have come back because because we had a substitute cat when when um, when the, the um because he left for the Bahamas. I think he came back because when we were headed to Redwood City, I remember we passed Chieftain, and the captain was like, "Should we moon the Chieftain?" And we're like, "Yes, <laughs> let's do it!" <laughs> and then the steward he climbed up aloft. And we're like, hey, are you, what are you wearing? He's like, don't worry, I'll have my harness on. And he gets up (laughs) and he's wearing like this blanket around himself. And, you know, he had to wear harnesses when climbing. And so he clipped himself in and throws away this blanket and is in nothing but his harness. It was so nuts. And I remember looking over at Chieftain and I feel like, I think it was that moment because... It actually shanghaied a, a few you know, young, young ladies like, 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 Hey, come on, join us for the transit over to the Redwood city or whatever. And I just remember thinking like, we are such a bunch of pirates. Like, this is ridiculous. Like we go into town and all we do is drink and sing songs and like, you know, spend all our money. And then we just grab people and drag them to the next port. Like it was just, it, I was just like, we are pirates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Oh, and I'll have to get off to tell. I have a great pirate story involving the captain and one of the young guys. Um, uh, uh, shoot might as well tell it now it was so funny I'll never forget we were, we were in the aft cabin and the the captain it was, it was like three generations there's the captain there was me who was in my like 30 years old and then this young 18 year old young, young man and we're all sitting there talking and we started and we're having a legitimate you know we had a few beers but we're talking legitimately about pirates like real pirates this is the aft cabin of lady Washington you know has that, that chart on the table and built yeah. into the table and they were, you know, we're talking about real-life pirates and what really occurred historically and all that stuff. And then and we're like, how would we do it today? You know, like, well, you're just kind of like a hypothetical. So we pulled out some of the charts of California, right? Oh, we start talking about it. Oh, well, there's this, this cove here. There's this place we could put stuff here. And, and you know, and, and then I and say, if we need stuff, we just, we just, we'll just hang out with this island. and we'll just go ashore and grab what we need. I'll just come back. And I started to see this glint in the eyes of this young man and this older man. I'm like, what is going on? And it's like, and there was this glint in their eye. And and at one point they're like, we could do this. And I'm like, holy crap, like the veneer of civilization was falling off the edge of the table. It was just like, what is going on? Like these two, like very civilized humans are literally about to go to Piracy. (laughs) And it was like, is that it? Like, is it just held on by threads? And it's always the Coast Guard. That's the only reason we're not all become pirates. It was so funny. I've never seen anything like it. Like it was just like, we could do this. (laughs) (laughs) It could happen, yeah. Oh, man. But, um, all right, but let's move on because people want to know about the, the storms and stuff. So so mm-hmm. we – when did you – because you, you left us at Jacqueline Square.
1: Left at Jacqueline Square.
0: We were in Redwood City for a while. Yeah. And then when you came back, what port was that? Sausalito. That was Sausalito. Sausalito. Okay. And
1: so. it was maybe, uh, I don't know, 7, eight, nine, 10 days after Easter that year. Okay. So and was, you had gone to Chile. I went to Chile. Okay. Spent two weeks in Chile.
2: Cool. vacation or what yeah yeah oh awesome so
1: flew down and flew into uh santiago mm-hmm. and was there on uh flew in on thursday and i asked the hotel hey you know chile's known for its wine can i go wine tasting on friday <laughs> and they're like yeah yeah and south and santiago is like this super busy city mm-hmm. right there The buildings are packed in tight. There's storefronts everywhere. They all have these uh, roll down garage doors that close up at night and dense traffic, dense people, everything active, crazy, and this is on Thursday. And so I go out to dinner and got dinner and come back and I found this note under my door that said, oh, we can't have, you can't go wine tasting on Friday. All the wineries are closed for the holidays. Well, it was Good Friday. And so being a a stoutly Catholic country, the whole country shut down for Good Friday. Basically, the only thing open were churches. Oh, wow. So I walked around to all these, you know, 100, 200-year-old churches on Good Friday in in Santiago. (laughs) I couldn't go to the wineries because they were closed. (laughs) And the whole town, all these doors were closed. There was dogs laying in the streets in the sunny spot because there's no traffic. no people, no nothing. It was crazy. Wow. It went from bustling city to nothing. Yeah, like a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pandemic. Yeah, wow, it's um, crazy. So went to Chile, went to flew out to Easter Island. I spent Easter Sunday on Easter Island. Mm-hmm. Um, came back, and then I went down to Southern Chile to Pat- Patagonia, and I went rafting for like a seven day raft trip. Oh my good lord! that sounds beautiful. And then I went to um, uh, Valparaiso, and of course the Chilean national sailing ship was there. So this mm-hmm. big four masted. Uh, ship was there. So I saw, saw her from the distance because she's owned by the Navy. And so I couldn't get close, but yeah, um, hung out there for a few days and then was ready to come home. Okay. Uh, being in Chile by yourself for two weeks is plenty. Yeah, um, Came home and I I think before coming home, I even sent notes out to Grace Harbor saying, hey, can I get back on the ships? I want to spend another two weeks on the ships. That'd be great. And like, sure. Yeah, you can come on the, the chieftain if you want. I said, yeah, I want to be on the chieftain. I'd spent two weeks on the lady. I figured I'd go spend two weeks on the chieftain mm-hmm. and um, get there in Sausalito. Got a taxi ride to the ships, and uh, next thing I know, the chieftain's getting hauled out because she's throwing a prop or something, and they're going to tear her down.
0: Was that what happened? Was that the time the prop fell off the boat? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one of the
1: props fell off, and so it's not supposed to happen. We were de rigging the sails for a couple days, and I was crew on the chieftain, but then. The goal was the lady was supposed to go to Eureka yeah. and everyone on the lady knew me well enough. I'm like, Well, I wanna go on the lady and they're like, Oh no, they're full crew because they had just gotten uh, Evergreen College kids. That's right. Yeah. They had like maybe three, or four kids from Evergreen College. At least four. Yeah. And um they're like, now you gotta go on the the Chieftain and then they're like, Well, you're not an employee, so you don't have insurance to go in the boatyard here on the Chieftain. <laughs> And then uh, they're like, "Well, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make you an employee or something." I'm like, "All right. Well, this sounds great. This is not what I signed up for." Right. And then I think the captain of the lady and the bosun, maybe, um, the uh, the mate and the engineer. You know, the, the senior guys in the lady are like, "No, we need Steve." Yeah. And so I, I the captain of the of the chieftain came up and said, "Steve, yeah, we got Red Rover. You're going over to the lady." <laughs> so I'm like, all right, great. So I packed up and walked over. And then the next morning, we're sailing out of South Salito at 4 a.m. Yeah. You know, we worked, uh, our watch was um, 2 to 8. 2 a.m. to 8 p.m. And oh,
0: that would have been 4, 2, to 4 to 8. 4 to 8. 4 to 8.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 4 to 8. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. Yeah, so every 4. Because we had three watches. Three watches, yeah. The reason I remember because in my journal, I wrote, so Black Tommy led one of the watches. Yeah. And he called it Delta Watch. Delta Watch, watch yes. <laughs> Even though it was three watches so you think it'd be Alpha Charlie or alpha Bravo Charlie but they call themselves Delta watch and then he'd be like who was something like Delta watch and they'd all go hoorah.
1: yeah they were the they were the you know the the, the cool watch oh, it was right? so and they funny. were
0: I remember now so yeah. black Tommy and freaking Elmo those two were they were just I don't want to say Abbott against Stella but they they were like a comedy duo you yeah. get those two together and just funny stuff would happen there I remember now I forgot about this they renamed the bowsprit of the Lady Washington, or no, there was the, it was the excuse me, it was the jibboom because the jib-boom lady boom. had a he had a jibboom that you could run, run out, out and out also jib. run yeah. in, right? Yep. And so before you set sail, you had to run out the jibboom so that the stays were, were tightened properly, um, so that the to gallant mast won't blow over in a, a wind. <laughs> and uh, and they started calling the jibboom the Harvey Cartel, so they're like, run out the Harvey Cartel, oh, that's the heart, like, and they would only refer to it as that. And after a while, I remember like a I started calling it the Harvey Cartel, <laughs> even though it was, it was the jibboom, and then it was the starboard after main channels. So that's the the where, where the shrouds come down, and you have the dead eyes, and then the dead eyes attach to the chains, which are basically poles that go through this piece of wood that kind of extends them out, so you get a better angle for uh-huh. the tensioning of them, and then and then back down to the the hull of the ship. Yeah, but those it, it extends out about a foot, foot and a half, I forget. It's <laughs> enough you can sit on. Yeah. It's so like a foot and a half, maybe. And they called starboard the Starboard After Main Channels, that piece of wood there, they called that Awesome Town. I was like, you mean all the channels? No. no. Just that one. That's the only place. That's Awesome Town. All the others have to be referred to by their normal nautical name. And it was just, it was ridiculous. But, oh man, Black Tommy. They, uh, oh man. It, there was uh, Elmo... One time, and this actually shows you the captain. The captain had, he had a, there were very good moments of leadership on board. Um, and some, <laughs> some questionable, but, but but this one was a good moment where I forget what Elmo had done. To, he had moved Tommy's stuff or something. It, because you had the, the cable tiers, which was the forward you know, part of the ship where the paint was and all the bosunry tools were located. And then you had the engine room, which was in between the aft cabin and the main hold. So it was like aft cabin, engine room, main hold, folks hole. Four peak, you know, is where you know, where the or the cable tears is what we called it, uh, where Tommy's thing was, and so Elmo had done something to the cable tears, and so Black Tommy just called like, I see him, he's furious, and he's got a, he just gets a, one of the bucket deck buckets, fills it with water, and is like headed over the engine room. He after my whatever whatever it was, I'm I'm gonna screw up his injury room, you know, and then oh, and then Bruce just takes the injury room hatch plops it down and sits on it. It's like, Tommy, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> he didn't say calm down. He was like, uh. Tommy, put the bucket down. Let's relax. You know, so it was one of those moments where, you know, and then he had another, there was, there was a few moments too where, where, where the captain uh, would, would let let people, he's like, you know, I know what they're trying to do because they had like a, a, a rail rod and they were going to grind it up, or grind it out into a marlin spike. He's like, I know what they're going to try to do. I totally would have tried to do that at their age it's not gonna work but I feel like I have to let them fail <laughs> and so you let you just let them you know use the grinder for hours trying to get you know something that's never gonna happen right but uh, the funniest one those two was I was up a loft and, and I was looking down I was I, we must have been furling or doing some maintenance up aloft, and we were pumping out the black water tank mm. and I look and, and I looked down and so like Tommy was helping Elmo and then I looked down and I'm like oh my gosh is is Tommy injured? Like, he's rolling. He's rolling on the deck, holding his belly. (laughs) It turns out he's laughing. He's like... Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's like Tommy, let's go! It's like he got it in the face. He got it in the face. It's so funny. And so I guess Elmo like some of the poo would just like oh, exploded yes. in his face.
1: That was in Jacqueline. That Square. was in Jacqueline. Yeah. Oh my
0: god! Tommy's just like cracking up, and I can't. I don't know what Elmo was feeling I, at the time. Man. I was
1: <laughs> super lucky that day. Cause- <laughs> <laughs> that was the day we got to go over to uh, I got to go over to, to the chieftain mm-hmm. and sail on the chieftain that day while you guys were doing maintenance and I think the Coast Guard was coming to do an inspection. Um and so yeah, I remember coming back and remember hearing about having to hose down the deck because <laughs> it was just a mess everywhere.
0: <laughs> oh, those guys. Oh. Yeah, so, Salsalia, so we had a salcelia four in the morning. Yeah, right, I four, got to, to see so sunrise, sunset. Yeah. My favorite watch.
1: We had sunrise coming up. We sailed under the Golden Gate with the sun coming up behind her, and yeah. I got to sail the ship under the Golden Gate Bridge. And I was on the tiller <laughs> the whole time, like this is great, yeah. you know. And then we pushed the rudder over to the left and turned north and started going north. And that that first day wasn't bad. Yeah. We you know we cruised on. I think we were doing about five six knots heading north, and the seas were picking up.
0: Just so folks, so. I think you meant tiller to the left, tiller. rudder to the right.
1: Yeah, tiller over to the left. To turn
0: us right to head up the coast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just, I, I can could, I could see right now there's probably nautical. People are like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's south. We, we were headed north. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I pushed the tiller to the left, and yeah. the ship turned to the right, and north we went. Yep. And um, that was great. We had a, a great morning morning sail out of South Salute. It was wonderful. And we're motoring along. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, our watch ended— we went down, you know, hold, had lunch or whatever, sacked out for a bit, and then we we started our next watch. What is it? Uh, 4 p.m. All right, 4:8. Is that right?
2: 4:8. Uh,
1: yep. 4:8. Yep. Yep. So 4 p.m. next watch was just great as well. And I remember that evening, everybody's looking for green flash. <laughs> oh, we're gonna see if it's gonna green flash. <laughs> and um, you know, I had no idea what this green flash thing was, but I'm like, all right, I'll look over there a little bit. And uh, I know that they didn't see one, so. Um, but we're cruising along, everything's going good. You know, went down after a watch, had dinner, and we had to do the dishes. And We had all these kids from from the college, Evergreen mm-hmm. College, who got to get credits for coming and hanging out on the ship. And they were nice kids, but they were kids. They were younger than the crew, which was pretty darn young. Yeah. And, you know, there was Worthless, and then there was Evergreen College kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so they did some stuff. They tried their hardest. Um sometimes. Debatable. Yeah. sometimes some, I'm being good. nice. I
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. mean super nice, yeah. Oh, you yeah. should have seen what I wrote in my journal. <laughs> I was like, yeah. these people are used to They hung on to the shrouds really well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, there was one guy who was good. Yeah. There was one guy who was good. On his laptop a lot, but otherwise he was pretty solid. But
1: right? they were they were too light to push the tiller. Yeah. They stood watch, but did they really go and check the keel or not, you know, look down under the, under the deck boards down in the holds and see if there was water yeah. in the keel or not. Well,
0: they definitely didn't get it. That's for sure. Wow. But there was. Uh, I remember Black Tommy <laughs> at one point. He he was he was laying into them or was or was threatening to lay into them because they were all anarchists. He's like, they're anarchists. Like, there's no <laughs> anarchy <laughs> on a boat. No, no, no. And He was just gonna lay into them. You know, and I was like that's a good idea but but yeah it was just like there's no anarchy on a boat like we need a hierarchy it's important in an emergency we only have the hierarchy that's yeah. all we have and, and it was so funny just so you had this you know yeah. but, but they were all they, they all got along fine the, the younger they, they did yeah them. But yeah i remember yeah, when did. when they left cuz oh they just yeah, it was it was like pulling teeth. You got them to do chores. You got them to do anything. They were slow, sluggish, this and that. And then I remember when they left the boat. I, th- I forget. What it must have been Cruz Bay. I can't remember. But when they finally left the boat, they ran off, and I yelled after them. I said, "Where was all that enthusiasm when <laughs> like you were on for the last week or two or two weeks or whatever it was? Like, where was that enthusiasm? Why now? You know, like, it was tough. The- yeah,
1: because yeah. that that first day, um, I think that evening." the gale started picking up. Maybe we were out one night, and then in the next day, the gale started picking up.
0: And it would have been a light gale at that point. It yeah. wasn't a full gale. It was It was like, or, or was it a heavy? It was, it, was it, was a, a it was a light gale. A light gale. It wasn't yeah. bad. Because we were stopped in our tracks for half a day.
1: Yeah, that was the second time, I think. The, the first no, that was oh, the no, first, first time. I remember watching lighthouses not move <laughs> yep. during my whole watch. And then coming up there the next day, and that lighthouse was still there. Yep. <laughs> Just burning fuel. (laughs) I think the that evening the captain said, "All right, we're going to go into Bodega Bay and we're going to drop anchor." Yeah. And so he spun us around on the top of a wave, and we went right up into Bodega Bay, which was beautiful and calm. It was a great, this great bay, and we had to get this three hundred pound anchor off the side of the ship and over the rail. Yeah, it was the lunch. It
0: was only it was it was over 200 i think it was about 250 yeah so a relatively small anchor for a 200 ton ship but yeah we really call it the small. lunch hook it's 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 good up to about 20 knots of wind i i found personally but at 20 knots you better have a lot of road out any more than that which we had we had more than 20 knots easily yeah uh, you start dragging so so bodega bay is actually relatively sheltered mm. um, especially when you go in to the inner harbor there it's very sheltered but Boy. But uh, but from the swells and stuff, from that direction, it's great. Unfortunately, the wind still was coming over those cliff faces, which are, are pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was enough that we were still dragging. So we dragged mm-hmm. across the bay twice. Twice, yep. And then, unfortunately, by that point, it was getting to be dusk. And the Coast Guard said, oh, okay, you can – I am assu- I think the captain was on the radio with the Coast Guard. And mm-hmm. he finally said, oh, yeah, come on in. We'll give you an escort in. So we were coming in at night. So yep. by the time we finally got, because it took 45 minutes or more to get that anchor back, especially in those conditions. So Yeah, we're, of,
1: we're on the windlass, cranking that thing back in yeah. a foot at a time. <laughs> and there's two, 300 foot.
0: We had everything out, I'm
1: sure. Oh. I, would, I would hope. Um, I, I remember, I was sitting on the tiller, and the first time we dropped the anchor, and we had two captains. There was yeah. a, a guy who joined, he was the captain's friend, but he was teaching sail training on schooners or whatever there in... Uh, in San Francisco. His okay. first name is Dave, and I know his last name, I won't say okay. It. He's okay. a nice guy, yeah. Um, real good guy, and um, I tell him, hey, we're dragging the anchor. He's like, no, 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 we're not. I'm like, yeah, I grew up on boats in <laughs> Michigan, we're dragging the anchor. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, 10 minutes later, you know, bring the anchor in, and yeah. we, we went out back into that bay and dropped it again, and then, okay. yeah, we were talking to, the captain was talking to the Coast Guard, and okay. we didn't have a light on that damn ship. We yeah. did not have a spotlight. Well, we had
0: two spotlights, none
1: of which had been charged.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so there's that was a failure there. And, uh, so. and then when we came in, it was at night, and yeah. this is a port that, to my knowledge, so going into any place at night is is always going to be trickier than daytime, almost always. Um, and it's just it just is what it is. And Bodega Bay, especially, because when you look on Google Maps, you know you you look and you can actually zoom in and see the individual pilings. You can see mm-hmm. how narrow that channel is. None of those pilings are lit. Yes. So they all have they all have little reflective markers, but if you don't have a spotlight uh, and just have normal flashlights, you're not seeing too far. It's a narrow channel. It was blowing heavy wind, and so I was on the tiller, and I remember as we were going down the channel, we see the Coast Guard scream past us. Yes. I'm like, that's not good. Yep. We had <laughs> we so... had just
1: the channel's an L, and we were at the <laughs> yeah. bottom of the L, just moving in. The Coast Guard's coming. They're going to show us where to go. This yep. is great. And the Coast Guard keeps going, and everybody's like, "What?" Yeah, and they're like, "We got to rescue." Sorry, guys, you're on
0: your own. We're like, "Oh crap!" And so I'm on the tiller, and and I remember I wrote in my journal because I guess one of the guys was on the stern line, and you know he he said, "Oh, Johan, you were a beast on that tiller," but it was just like I remember I was like huffing and puffing by the end because it was just the captain was having to go hard over, switch your helm, you know, we back and forth, back and forth because they'd have somebody would shine a light on one of the reflective, yep. you know, pilings. And then and then they would move it, and it's like that's not how it works. Like when you're coming <laughs> into a place, you shine on it until the person who's in charge says, "Okay, I've got it. Show me the next one." You know, no. but you don't just take your you know. Oh, you, know, you know, And so he had no idea where the channel was, or very very minimal idea. And so he's constantly, "Oh my god, it was it was the craziest." We, everybody time on the till ran of
1: ran down and got whatever flashlight headlight that they had, <laughs> and I had this little mag light that. You know, it's just a double AA battery mag two two AAs, and the batteries are nearly dead, so yeah. it's barely putting out anything. And that was the one good thing about having those Evergreen kids on. Mm. Is this one gal? She had really good night vision. Oh wow! And she could see the pilings and would call out. That's great. And um, you know, I was up, you know, basically up ahead of the, ahead of everything on the on the forward rail, yeah. and we're yelling back. You know. <laughs> Green to the left. <laughs> um, green to the right. <laughs> Where's the red one? <laughs> well, it's supposed to be on the right, but we see a green one. <laughs> Jeez. And you know, going up that night, I um, I swear the captain said we went aground at least twice. Where really? we, we got kinda in the shallows. We didn't mm. we didn't go aground, but we got yeah. we're bumping. Yeah. bumping the bottom. And then you know, it seemed like a half mile mile up to the the little harbor oh, it's, and the it's, marina there. It's a long run, yeah. And, um, it took forever. We got up there, and you could see the marina off to the left where all the private boats were docked. Mm-hmm. And then there it looked like there was a, a boat ramp, and then next to the boat ramp there was a long pier, and it looked like the lady could go in on either side of that long pier, and it was lit up. And I'm like, we're going there. This is great. We're going there. And the captain just keeps the boat going East past that,
2: huh.
1: and we went past a bunch of covered, um, covered docks, boathouses. Yeah. And then the, the bay gets shallow. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, what are we doing here? And then finally, the captain turned us around and we went and docked where I thought we should go the first right off. It's light. It's yeah. a big dock. There's a fuel dock there. We can fit. It'll be all right. Yeah. So we, we, we docked there, and then the next morning, we moved the boat over. Um, to another pier in the marina, and there's big seals on that pier. Mm-hmm. Big, massive seals are on that pier. Harbor seals, <laughs> and uh, and that was good. It was it was nice because we got to take showers in the marina, which is always a luxury. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a little maintenance on the ship to do some. Oh yeah, we, we tied up some stuff.
0: <clears throat> yeah, some blocks that broke, and there were a
1: few, like a few things broke. Yeah, for sure. it, it was pretty mar- minimal that time. Yeah. And then the captain got on the phone to the office mm-hmm. and the office was yelling at him you got to get going and the captain's like no the swells are too big we can't make it And like you know you got to go go up farther you're just not going out farther past the swells
0: yeah i remember that conversation it was and he's like yeah and the winds you know there's a worse system coming through so well, those are just thermals coming off the land it's like no they're not like yeah we were it it was that was crazy. Now, luckily, the leadership in that organization has since changed, mm-hmm. so so that that type of stuff never happened while I was captain, nor nor would I've let it captain. I mean, mm-hmm. like, basically, my lesson learned there. That I'm I'm so happy in a way we had that trip because n- number one, I I mean it's obvious. Like now I can say definitively. Well, no, on this date, look at the conditions. This is what the boat was doing. Uh-huh. So you want to send me out of those conditions? I'm not going to do it. That's stupid. Like you want me to burn fuel, waste money? No, I'll just try to earn some money in this town while we're here. You know, like so as captain, I could say that, but and be like, okay, yeah, Lady Washington, twenty knots of wind on the bow, going into the swell and bow. You're gonna, you're gonna go. You can still go like a you know knot, knot and a half,
1: one knot, twenty
0: five knots. You're stuck. You're you're not moving. Twenty five to thirty, you're not moving at all. Any more than that, you're going backwards, and that's and I can say that definitively. You know, so with with that engine, I mean, you know, obviously change the engine propeller. Who knows, right? But, but so yeah, so that was uh, it. it Felt I was like, this is how the people in World War One must have felt. Like they just saw their buddies get blown away, you know, charging the 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 German trenches, and now it's our turn to go again. Like, why are we doing this? Like, like, it was so yeah, it was crazy. And we're like, wow, we're going out in worse conditions, which we did. Yeah, and the sea stowing. I, I wrote about it in my journal. Where it's like, my first watch, I volunteered to do the boat check. And I spent literally the entire hour sea storming stuff. Everything was untied. And th- and this is before, you know, I was relatively new to boats. I mean, because 2008, I started two thousand beginning of 2006, essentially. Huh. You know, or, or end of You were my expert. You were the guy that
1: trained me. I know. You know? Uh, and I was. I mean, yeah. at that
0: point in time, you know. But but a few years later, like, I, I you know, I, I'd been on totally more, like, like, three, four years later, they had checklists before going out to sea. I'm like, oh, let's do that. The military does that. It seems to work. It worked in World War II on the bombers. And they're yeah. anyway, like, why do we have a checklist? This is why gets sea stowed rather than, you know, I remember one captain mm. saying, just imagine the hand of God coming and shaking the boat. It's like, that's not useful. Like, why don't we actually secure the hatch this, so this, this, s- this, yeah, this, somebody this. doesn't lose yeah. their head when it goes you know, sliding off. You know, that,
1: that first trip out, the first time we went north out of, out of San Francisco, the main hatch was secured really well. Ooh. And you know, you could undo the little hook, pop it open, squeeze, squeeze your chest up over, and get out on deck and then shut it, and everything was good. Yeah. And I remember because I slept right under the main hatch. There's a, the stairs come down. I was next to the stairs, and the hatch is over those stairs. Yeah. And it was dry and warm down in the holds, in the main hold, no problem. The second time was a completely different story,
2: but.
0: And what people have to understand about the Lady Washington, so most boats have hatches and st- and compa- they're called companionways mm-hmm. on land we call them stairwells, but they go fore and aft, so they're going they're going, uh, you're kind of parallel with the ship or or, or how would you, yeah, put that yeah. yeah, parallel. Whereas, Lady Washington had a thwart ship or a perpendicular a perpendicular hatch, so it was a thwart ship. So so the the companionway went down with thwart shifts, the hatch opened on the starboard side, which not, not ideal. That's not ideally what you, you would do, but for whatever reason, they, I think they got grandfathered in or, you know, it is what it is. Um, But it does mean, yeah, if you take a swell on the starboard side, it could very easily splash in. So you're not opening up that hatch. You're, you're keeping it shut most of the time. And Uh they had like a lee board in to, to keep swells from coming over, which it needed. Yeah. Despite that foot and a half tall hatch.
1: Yeah. Hatch opening. So, yeah, yeah,
0: it's uh, it was pretty intense.
1: But the second trip out, we had someone who didn't know what they were doing tie that hat shut, and it was a quarter inch open. Oh
2: no!
1: And so, when our first trip north, it was rough. I didn't really have good seasickness medicine, Mm -hmm. and it was cold. I didn't have any gloves, so when we got into Bodega Harbor there. I went looking for supplies <laughs> and I found a pair of rubber um, fish cleaning gloves, yeah, which yeah. were these big gauntlet gloves, which yep. were great because they kept my hands dry. Yep. And I walked around the harbor and there was a little quickie mart gas station there mm-hmm. and I bought every seasickness pill that they had. <laughs> you know, I spent like 30, 40 bucks in seasickness pills because everybody had been seasick mm-hmm. on that first trip to some extent. I did all right, but it was not great. and. I bought so much that the lady behind the counter is like, Well, I got to check to see if I can sell this to you because, <laughs> you know, Sudafed was big back then. Uh-huh. And like, they, they, what are you going to do with these? And I said, Well, look out the window. That's my ship. We're sailing tomorrow. I'm buying seasickness. Like, you're food. insane. <laughs> Everybody on that ship is getting a pill. And so I came back with this boatload of seasickness meds and. I told everybody, I'm like, take these pills. Yeah. And the, the, the folks on our watch was, we had the evergreen watch. Oh. It was you, me, pony, and the evergreeners. Oh, man. And none of them would take the seasickness pills because uh, this young gal, she's like, well, if I take those pills, I'm going to be tired. And I'll, I won't, <laughs> won't be able to do anything. Like, you're already not doing anything. Right. She would stand and hold on to the shrouds and was Lookout, and that was all she could do because she was so seasick.
0: Was she the one that would cat meow? There was one that would
1: like meow to try to be cute.
0: Well, I uh, so I remember the seasick medication. Uh, so I had always been seasick on transits prior to that. And then the captain of the uh, schooner Seaward, out of he gave me a scopolamine patch. He's like, yeah, have a scopolamine patch? i oh, I've never tried it. So I put the scopolamine patch behind my ear and it lasts for three days, and I wasn't seasick. Yeah. And so we were in the worst conditions I had ever been in up to that point, and have ever been since. And I was like, "This is great! This is amazing! I have energy! I can do stuff! This is awesome!" <laughs> so I'm like going below and do you know cleaning things and sea yeah. snowing and do like, "Wow, this is what it feels like when you're not seasick out at sea. I love this." So thank goodness I had that patch. Uh, I don't know what what I would have done or what what we would have done because yeah. cause like it was you and I over that tiller when the, the
1: all you know, night you're going know, to swear yeah. a
0: little bit shit hit the fan it really yeah. did but, um, but yeah so so moments I remember obviously yeah the swells were picking up it was getting a little crazy um, the, uh, at night I, I remember coming out on deck and Delta Watch was there and they're singing "Swing Low, Sweet Cherry," but it was like this slight hysteria to their voice, like this, they're like going slightly insane. And uh, and one of the guys I wrote about in my journal because we had a guy from the DEA, so it was all these young guys, and then this forty something year old guy from the DEA who was yes. hilarious. He was a great guy, yes, and he was telling us all about like the raids they would do and all this stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm kind of torn because like I think marijuana should be legal." at the same time, like he's putting my kids through college. <laughs> you know? and, so, and and he actually, it was very interesting because he had said, and this is long before the opioid epidemic had gotten insane, long before meth had gotten really truly insane. Um, and he said, you know, I told them, I told them we, we need to be focusing all our energy and efforts on, I told his higher ups, I guess. He's like, the meth is the bad one. Yeah. Like forget marijuana, who cares? Like focus on the methamphetamines, that's serious. And he said they didn't do it. And it's like now we're suffering horrifically because of it. Um, so I was—I thought that was kind of interesting. But but he loved it. He's like these guys are just like the young kids I work with. This is great. He loved Delta Watch. Yeah, yeah. He, he Delta was a good Watch. Guy. He
1: he never got to go aloft mm. because you know we went out into the storm. He joined, I think. Yeah, right no, nobody then. was aloft. And, yeah, yeah, nobody was aloft. Um, but um, and we didn't really even sail. Right? We Except, motored. No, I did go aloft at one
0: point. I don't think it was during that particular transit. It might have been the previous one because one of the furls had the starboard course uh, yard, uh, the, the gasket had come undone and the sail started kind of mm. opening up. So I, I remember I had to go out. I was not happy. Um, I, I do not like climbing. I used to be afraid of heights. Now I'm not. But, but it was like, yeah, I was not like, why am I going over? There? Oh, crap. So, yeah. I remember fixing that problem. I was not happy with the person that did it. Not gonna name names, but I told him yeah. like, you make sure that gasket's tied on. You should know better. You've sailed on other boats. This is crap.
1: <laughs> yeah. They um we we went out that, that second time. And we we sailed out of Bodega Bay and turned north again. Yeah. And everything was going fine. We were doing okay. And I know my evening watch. That night, I was on the tiller, we were doing about five knots heading north, mm-hmm. and there was this lighthouse or point or something, and I watched that thing my whole watch, and I watched our speed drop from five knots at the start to one knot at the finish. Yeah. When I went down below, and I had to go, because we had dinner, so I had to do the dishes, and I was on seasick meds, so it was you and I that could do anything below decks. That's insane. And I went down, did the dishes, and then I climbed in my bunk, about you know, 9 o'clock, and it was it was dark, you know, because it was still early in the year, April, so it got dark early. Yeah. And that darn hatch wasn't fully closed, <laughs> and then the ship started rocking because we were taking waves from the side, mm-hmm. and I was laying perpendicular to the to the hull of the ship, so I was laying across the hull.
0: Yeah, thwart ships. Yeah,
1: thwart ships, and at the end of each bunk, there's a piece of canvas. Yep, Um your lee
0: cloth. Yeah,
1: and so I'm laying there in my bunk, in my sleeping bag, on this vinyl pad, and the ship starts rolling. And it wasn't so bad, and it's rolling. I'm like, all right. And then it, it rolls, and the bell rang on the roll. <laughs> I'm like, ah, you got a bell ringer. That's a pretty yep. good roll. And then it rolled again in a few minutes and like oh man we got two rings so it got a double bell ringer on a roll I'm like yeah that's pretty good and then it's rolling more rolling more we're getting more two rings and i'm like i wonder how many rings we're going to get and then we got three rings oh my gosh and at the same time i slid on that vinyl pad <laughs> into the next cloth <laughs> boom and you know my feet hit that cloth and it caught me Oh, wow, yeah. And the relief skipper was in that bunk. And I figured I just slammed into him. It was either the relief skipper or the DEA agent guy. Okay. And so I'm like, damn. And then we, we rolled back. And thankfully, there was a, a A-frame sign that was in the bunk at the head of my bunk. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed that sign and held on to it for the rest of the night. <laughs> because we just kept rolling. And I was counting three rings. And then we got a four ring. I was like, "Dang, we got four ring roll. That's a pretty big roll." Yeah. And what I learned later on is the crew that was on deck said that they saw. They saw us hit the water.
0: With the course yard.
1: Yeah, with the yard. The yard dipped into the water. So I remember
0: that one as well. So that particular swell, I was in my bunk, and I was on, I was in the forecastle. So I was the port forward lower bunk in the forecastle, and that swell hit. And so the entire port side of the ship jumped up, and the guy above me, who I won't name, all the crap from his bunk—he hadn't put his lee cloth up, he hadn't properly stowed his gear—all of it went flying across the forecastle. I went sideways up into my lee cloth, like I literally had that lee cloth not been there, I, I swear to God, I probably would have been thrown across the boat, crashed my back into the mast, and been, been killed or, or seriously injured. No, I'm serious. I'm not joking. Yeah. Like, like I got hurled. Into my lee cloth sideways, so I'm like, like holy crap! And all the stuff went sliding. And of course, I'm the only one not seasick, and the folks so I'm like, oh god! So I had to clean all his crap, shoved it in his bunk, put the lee cloth up, and I come out on deck to like give him a hard time. And their eyes are just big. I'm like, guys, is everything okay? I and mean, This is like minutes later. And like, Johan, we dipped the course yard, and what people have to understand, it's not just like we had the course yard squared up and the boat dipped 45 degrees, so therefore it dipped. No, 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 they, they were braced. So yeah. we dipped more than 45 degrees. We were like, it was a, a big roll, uh, especially for, for that boat. Yeah. So pretty, pretty crazy. And then by time daytime hit, we were going backwards two knots at one point. Like yeah. literally, I think by the time, so you knew it was getting bad when, when they're like standing orders. When you get up on deck, you know, grab a Type 1 PFD. So those are the big, like you're going overboard PFDs a personal flotation device or life jacket. Um, so grab those, um, have your harness on clip into the lifeline and you're staying clipped in at all times on deck and report mm-hmm. immediately to the quarter deck uh, before you go anywhere. So it was like, it was getting really serious. And eventually what happened, the entire crew was out on deck because the captain, I remember we we're sitting there 20 foot swells. It's like 18 to 20 foot swells, insane wind, you know, 45 knots sustained mm-hmm. gusts. Who knows was like what the gusts were. And, and it was the entire crew out on deck because we're going to make this turnaround. And the captain's like, we're going back to Bodega Bay. Like, screw this, you know. But I remember one of the sailors saying, Captain, are, are you worried? Are you, are you scared at all? He's like, no, I'm pissed off. We shouldn't be out here. This is yeah. stupid.
2: You know?
0: and, and so we're going backwards two knots yeah. like, while trying to motor directly in this crap. You and me... Where we were over the tiller, we, we, the tiller rope had been worn bare to wire. It was just there was nothing but the cable left, and, and the rope itself because it had a lock, and people weren't aggressive enough, and it was just such big swells anyway that the lock was basically scraping the rope part off. Yep. So it was me with my bare hands holding on to that cable, um, and and you with your weight and strength, and like leaning over the side, we're both leaning over this tiller, leaning over the side of the boat, and you're telling me it was surreal. It was just like these giant swells heavy wind and i'm just holding on you know for i don't know how long, it must have been over an hour I mean, it, was, it was a long time we're trying to just keep that bow into the swells we, we were
1: four hours
0: four hours that. Yeah. okay well because... i i didn't leave that position that whole time and, yes and you're... you were telling me all about chile and and, like, and I'm, yeah. I'm like steve this is kind of thank you. This is like I, I like this. Is this calming you? I'm like yeah, it's kind of helping me. You know, it about my, my trip. <laughs> you, yeah, your, your you trip. were
1: yeah. you were just you were at the back. You were at the stern. <laughs> I was at the front. We're both leaning on that tiller and holding on to the side of the ship and just looking over. And we go over the wave and then down. Yeah. And that where the trough that we're just in is gone. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't see between the troughs of the ship. And then we climb There's up water. the next one. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like the scene from Gilligan's Island where the ship's going to sink, you know, when they're opening, <laughs> opening intro to Gilligan's Island where you get the, oh the it was the skipper and I, right? <laughs> we were bundled up, hung over that side of the rail. Yeah. And yeah, we'd just stand there and wait for our first mate to say, shift the tiller. And we'd both walk around that tiller and push it with all our weight and our might and get it hard over to the other side and then hang on on that side. And it, it seemed, I really remember on the port side that we were on that port side all the time, it seemed. Yeah. We went over the, the starboard side a couple of times, but mostly on the port, yeah. just trying to turn into the waves.
0: Yeah, just all keep right. the bow into the waves, that was it. And, just because um, uh, you didn't want to go sideways, that's for sure, you did want to broach.
1: And we had our our evergreeners up there yeah. on watch, just <laughs> hanging on, and they were worthless.
0: Well, I think by that point, everybody was on the quarter deck, because when we when we went to make the turn, I remember he's like, "I want everybody on the boat on deck." I mean, it was serious. It was like there was some concern that we were just going to go over and that was it. Yeah. So, so, so he wanted everyone on deck so nobody would be trapped below. It was, which was a good
1: move. Yeah, it was right at the end of our watch because I remember sitting there looking at my 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 watch on my wrist, thinking, "All right, it's eight a.m. We're done. We can go and retire." Nope. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, you're ready to ready to change over. And the captain's voice came up because I was, you know, peering over the side of the ship. I didn't know the captain was on deck. I'm like, Ooh. oh, the captain's on deck. And he's like, no, hang on. I'll, I'll tell you when. And what I didn't know was everybody was on deck. Yeah. And we were going to turn around.
2: Yeah.
0: That was that was the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So. And <laughs> I'm like, well, what's
1: the captain doing up here? He came
0: up with this. No, it was a very, it was actually a very very serious moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: And. He held us there and then he told us to shift the helm. Yep. And I can only imagine it was as we were going up the wave and we cranked the helm over so that we, when we hit the top of that wave, we were rotating yeah. and going back down it. And then we went from, yeah, one knot, zero knot, <laughs> negative, <laughs> negative one knot to like 12 knots. Yeah. And, you know, the ladies' hulls only rated at like max out 12 knots. Uh, not even and, that. And not even that. No, we, we were surfing. And Yeah, we, 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 we were, were going. We were surfing.
0: There's a, there's a half knot current that kind of carries it naturally carries mm-hmm. down the west coast of the United States uh, that close into shore. So was, we were we had that half knot current plus the swells plus the wind. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. yeah. We, we were sailing without needing the sails up. it yeah. was insane. That <laughs> much wind did. G-
1: yeah, the motor was just there to steer us. Yeah, <laughs> so we pushed the tiller to steer with the current from the oh, from, from the prop. So cool. So crazy. Well, yeah, that yeah. night. After I, before we were on that morning watch, I was below deck slamming into stuff, <laughs> sliding in my bunk and hanging on. And I just watched my watch uh, and watched the hours tick away. And down in the main hole, there's life jackets hanging from everything because there's life jackets are wet everywhere. And the red lights are on, mm-hmm. night lights are on, it's all wainscoting. And there's this wall of water coming down like a waterfall every time we took a wave over the starboard side. Oh my god! And it's just a sheet, a square sheet of water coming down. Why didn't down.
0: anybody adjust the freaking hatch? You know, if it's I not that was, hard to do.
1: If I knew, <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, I would have went up and done it. Right. But I'm like, well, shit, we're just we're stuck with it. There's, I guess. And that, this yeah. wall of water, would, and you're looking through this wall of water at the red lights and the wainscoting. Right. Yeah. Joanna Gaines would love the lady Washington. It's all Wayne's coating. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is a freaking Titanic. There's water coming in the hold. And there's red lights. And there's Wayne coating. I'm on the freaking Titanic. Oh,
0: it was a crazy and trip. It was fun. I'm
1: thinking, <laughs> at least the ship is 100% wood. It's going to be hard to sink a wooden ship. Because the thing should float even if it's oh. on its side. It should still float for a while.
0: Yeah. It was, um, was pretty epic.
1: it's pretty epic for yeah, sure. Yeah. I remember at one time the, there was so much water in the keel in the bilge mm-hmm. that the captain's like the, the darn bilge alarm keeps going off. And so I had to go up in the folks hold with, uh, with Elmo mm-hmm. and I, I stood there and ran the pump while his head was down in the in the bilge checking the water level. Right, um, That was maybe one of the times I wasn't on the tiller.
0: Well it's hard you know when, when the water's sloshing that much too what'll happen is it'll trigger the alarm as it goes up so it's not necessarily that we were. I, I did an interview with with Josh Skorunovacchi who was on the Bounty. Like it was, Lady is nothing like Bounty. Like she was a much more, in much better shape than Bounty, and in not in those conditions, in, in hurricane conditions. It's, it's a gale. It's not a storm. It's not a gale. It's not a hurricane. It's still really like most most of the single hand stuff. You know, like like semi-casual cruisers when, when they talk about their crazy sails out they're talking about what we were in it was it was a gale so we were kind of were in a pretty heavy I mean it's,
1: it's, it's, it, is it's it was a big gale it was a full-on gale because yeah. when the first but time we were out it could be like, worse I guess what I'm trying to say it could be worse it was one flight when we went out the first time and we got into Bodega, and we went out again. It was two flags. That was crazy. Right? Yeah, it was no, it, two full flag, full gale. Obviously, we shouldn't have gone out the second time. Uh, but
0: at the same time.
1: I'd pay to do it again. It made for great stories, right? I would pay to do that again. Uh, well, so, now, when did you depart the vessel? Was it Coos Bay? Did, did you make it? We to, no, Or Crescent City? Crescent City. So, it took us 10 days <laughs> to go from San Francisco. And then we were supposed to go to... Um, Eureka. Yeah, we had to skip Eureka. And we skipped Eureka, and we went into Crescent City. And as we were going into Crescent City, and the channel to get into Crescent City is only like 10 foot deep on a good day, which is like the draft of the lady. Oh, man, yeah. So we had to time it for high tide. and I had been tracking everything on GPS, and I knew because I'd been looking at the charts. I'm like, we got to time this to get in there, or else Mm -hmm. we're not going to make it. And thankfully, it was a little... It's a little approach to get into the harbor there. So that was nice. And then once we were in the harbor, they had like a harbor inflatable dinghy with a motor on it that came over and bumped us into the, helped us dock, which was really nice. nice. Docking the lay is not the easiest thing to do. Well, there was. uh... And everybody's wiped out. I mean, we went through this epic storm. That was the the word of the day was, oh, it was epic. Yep. Remember doing a debrief on it, and the captain's like, "Say something other than epic."
0: <laughs> well, there was uh, so I wrote in my journal just before um, Crescent City. I guess another squall came through just as we were getting into Crescent City, and so this is what I wrote: It was uh, it was rain and sleet, death and running aground to starboard, rocks and death to port, and me at the helm again. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wrote. <laughs> Ooh, but yeah and then they yeah. had a huge celebration for us they had this tent yeah. the whole town came out it was oh it was great we had a we had a shanty sing on board I, I convinced uh, the captain I'm like Kevin can we, can we? I, I probably was pretty hammered by that point I'm like Kevin can we have a shanty sing on the boat he's like sure why not so we had like 40 drunk people come down yeah and I am started singing shanties but before before that happened before the people came down I came down and like the boat was actually kind of serious like the people on board I'm like what's going on guys and the mate comes out, you know, this, this slender, small man with a giant beard. And he's like, I, I'm not going to name names. So but he's like, I hit I hit the steward. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, yep, I hit the steward. I think I'm probably going to have to leave the boat now. <laughs> um, and I was like, what happened? He's like, well, he was getting in my way and he wouldn't let me go up the companionway and he was drunk. And so finally, I just, I, I don't know, when I, I say, he, I think he like shoved him or something i don't even think it was a proper hit and so i and we're, we're out on deck at this he's telling me this in private on on the ramp going down the boat yeah. or whatever and so it's like it's you know it's night out and i start laughing i'm like ah,
2: <laughs> really
0: i gave him a hug i'm like that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> like you know, it was just like like oh. really you did that i'm impressed and then and then the captain comes over cam cam come over you gotta hear this tell tell him what you told me Tell. Him. And, and so he's like i hit the steward and, you know, and so the captain, the captain just looks, pauses for a second, looks, and says, "Mate, give me your best hit right now. Give me your best shot." <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So of course he didn't have to leave the no. boat. You know, apologies. Everything was that was good. that was one good thing about the the steward. You know, because he and I did we butted heads a few times. Uh, there's actually one point you weren't there for any of this, I don't think, but where I actually got mad. And very few people have seen me like truly angry, and he just was bullying people and just kind of being this passive aggressive sort of way. And so I, I called him out on it, and I was very very mad. And um, and everybody said like, yeah, there was a look in your eye we would never seen before, like people <laughs> pupils just got really small. Um, oh, there's one other crew that saw me me angry, and that's where I, I almost. You know when you see the movies and, like, they have them, they flip the table and you're like, that's silly. That doesn't happen in real life. Like, I remember I was, I was with, it was the crew of the Seaward. We're there and I'm singing, we're singing shanties, you know. are like, singing songs at a British pub. This was in Monterey. And the crew, and, and, and so we're, we're banging our mugs on the table. And the bouncer guy comes over and says, you know, guys, you can't bang your mugs on the table. We're like, okay, fair enough. You know, right? and so instead we start slamming our hands start slamming our hands on the table and the bartender who owned the place he i see so i'm in the middle of a chorus and he throws this coaster and it comes and hits me in the head and i like i was my gut instinct was to throw the table over go over there and murder the guy and so luckily i didn't do that i was just like I need to leave this area right now so i just left but the crew said like yeah Johan, your eyes just change color like it was scary and and the captain at this is on schooner seaward the captain we had was a very good captain he's a young fellow but really understood you know he he understood captain you know being a leader and, and being in charge of the crew and, and helping them out and being a big brother no ego like very very solid captain and he's like yo what, what are you doing? I said, I can't stay in there. I'm going to murder the guy. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Come on. Like, like let, If you do th- if you stay out here, he wins. Let's go back. We're, we'll get some free drinks out of this. It'll be fine. And so we did. He, he came back. And the, the bartender never apologized. He never apologized for throwing a coaster at my face. Uh, but we did end up getting a few free drinks and stayed. And so it's was like, okay. So you know he handled it really well. Flashback, I guess, back to our story with uh, the steward. Yeah, so we didn't get along sometimes, but there was one moment we had an old shipmate of ours named Crunch, who he he passed away unfortunately. He was this old Jewish New Yorker guy who was always intoxicated, but just the funniest guy you ever met in your life. And I'll definitely swap more, tell more stories about Crunch later with with other shipmates that know him. But I remember he died, and the steward, and he, well, actually after after that night where I was angry, he came, uh, you know, he, he found me in the folks who's like. You know, Johan, I was really worried last night. Like I thought you, you might hurt me or something. You're darn right I was gonna hurt you. Like, yeah, like I started yelling at him again. Like, what do you you know, what were you <laughs> thinking? You were I went online, you were a bully, you were acting ridiculous. Not a, and so he's like, oh <laughs> you know, backing up again. It's like, okay, you know, it's not right. But but then when our, our friend passed away, he said, Um, you know, I need your help. I said, Whatever you need. You know, whatever you need. I got your back. Totally. And he's like, I want to do something for crunch. And and you know, the, the steward had been in the Navy. And so we, we did this whole flag ceremony and bringing it down. So he and I brought the flag down together slowly. And, and as we were doing that, I said, you know, Crunch is laughing at us right now, right? He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> so it was it was pretty special. But um, yeah, man, it was, it was such a wild yeah. time. Oh, it was so great. Good. My, my last memory of, of this moment, because I know you're off the boat at this point. You, you left Crescent City. We did go to Eureka briefly. Um, which was which was a crazy. that was so much fun. I love Eureka. um and then we headed up north to Coos Bay. but on the way to coos Bay, we, we ran out of fuel. not not exactly ran out of fuel, but we realized, oh crap, we don't like not we. I wasn't in charge, obviously or this would not have happened. but well, of course a, not if you were in charge yeah well, i'm I'm pretty meticulous about f- fuel, like like unless unless a fuel tank leaked or something like that. all right all right, no, Steve's he's giving me a, me a sarcastic. Yeah, no, it's, oh, you got to, I mean, that's, okay, captaincy 101, make sure you got enough fuel. Yeah, like, like, we burn fuel yeah. like crazy. Check you your know? engine, check the oil, do all that stuff, check your, check everything before you go out, make sure you got enough fuel, and then you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it, yeah, everything else is kind yeah, of, oh. that's that's probably most important. So, we started, we, we were running out of fuel, so we had to tuck into Port Orford, and, and, the West Coast is very rugged and remote and Port Orford is one of the most beautiful f- places on the planet. I mean it just is. Yeah. When you drive from land when you head north to south on, on the one the oh. Highway 1. Yeah. And there you'll see when you go to get to Port Orford there's this sloping hill kind of going up that says Ocean View. It's written out in in like fog you know paint on the the, the road on the highway go up that hill. Don't don't keep going down. Go up that hill. And the entire bay there opens up and you have these incredible rocks, cliff face, mountains going in. It is one of the coolest, most amazing things you'll ever see. And then that little road meanders down to the, the place where we docked. So we came in, went around the bend and docked at this, you know, concrete pier. It was solid concrete. And they, they basically they have to haul out the boat. So boats don't just hang out there overnight. That doesn't happen. While well, we got there, we started fueling. And then the boat grounded because the tide was going out. <laughs> so we're stuck there. Oh. And in, in an effort to keep the boat to the... Like, I don't even know what they were thinking. Like, you, you don't do this. But an effort to keep the boat upright, we basically we, we broke the windlass. We shattered one of the, the port uh, bulwark planks. Uh, which is the the bulwark goes up above the deck, so you know the dock line basically just cut it. The dock lines are very strong, by the way, uh, they cut right into that plank and just kind of exploded it. And then we broke the windlass using the dock lines. And then one of the dock lines bent up. I don't know if it's called a Norman pin anymore or um or one of the bits, but on the on the front of the boat where the cadhead is, there's two pins. I think they're Norman pins. But basically, this this pin that's as thick as my thumb, made of solid metal, went right up because the dock line pulled it up, and then. We took a line out. So, so, so that all got messed up because they're trying to keep the boat to the dock. So they took a line, tied it to the shrouds, and took it out to a mooring buoy. Well, knowing what I know now, and I probably should have known it then, but I'm not the best. I wasn't the best with rigging at that point. Um, that's, so we had careening straps. So the ship had ropes built in to the top of the mast that were designed for that very purpose. Mm-hmm. So rather than tie it to a flexible shroud that's not as strong, that's flexible, you could tie it straight to the mast on these careening strops that go down. Uh, that's what they're designed for. So a lot of blindly in the blind. Anyway, long story short, we we didn't break anything else at that point. We got our fuel and were able to get out once the tide got up, got to Coos Bay, and then that's when I departed the boat. But uh, boy, it was... What an epic time, Steve. I'm glad I'm glad you were there for it. I'm glad yeah. you joined us. That would've uh, that would have sucked if you hadn't been there. Yeah. <laughs> you you needed me there. Yeah, no, uh, we appreciate Mongo.
1: More, and More good crew members. <laughs> we needed that. Yeah. No, it, it was great. Um And you pay to do it again. Yeah, I'd pay to do that again. Absolutely. Awesome. The um you know when we got to Crescent City, it was these high school kids that were in like a a special high school program for troubled youth. Okay, and they did all the cooking for the the food that we had at the festival there for the for the lady. Oh wow! And then after that was over, the next day we took the kids out for a sail, mm-hmm. and we only had like three foot swells. But I was sitting down in the main hold doing the history lesson in the main hold, and there's all these little three foot swells which are nothing, mm-hmm. and one after it was like 13 kids and they slowly <laughs> take off where they're running up the deck because they're getting seasick and they're throwing up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they all I think one of them made it 90% way through my my lesson before they ran up on the deck too. And so we got up on deck and then um we decided to set some sails. So we're going to go up the main mast and set the the top sail in the main. And some guys went up and and untied it and we start hauling it up to set that sail and it's not opening up because the one kid from uh from Evergreen he took all the wreath lines and tied the wreath lines in oh my god to gasket the sail so now the oh, sail is useless half hauled up you know the hauser's been pulled about halfway up <laughs> yeah yeah and it's tight as can be Oh, yeah. And the sail's not opening. So I, I went up. I was one of the few people with a, a harness on. I went up there, and everything was so tight. I'm like, <laughs> haul the sheets, because you need to take the tension off so I could untie the knots. Yeah, ease the sheets. Yeah. Ease the sheets, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, ease this, ease that. Yeah. And I slowly picked these knots apart. And they were square knots, but they were...
0: Oh, no, they can't, yeah. they gotten
1: so if tight. Under tension, good luck. You know, I had to just sit there and wiggle them. And I was up there for 15, 20 minutes. Wiggling them and then the kid from evergreen He was so apologetic, mm-hmm. you know He just thought he was in big trouble like ah, that's a big deal yeah, it, it, was, it was a it was a pain, but it wasn't it wasn't an issue yeah. at that point and He just was devastated like dude. It's okay, man. We were All talking right. about
0: puking I remember Elmo teaching us how to puke like like he had he had like funny ways of puking so he we did, He did the, the they had the opera hand so imagine like, you know, like, so you go out and like, this is, if you're really good, you can say, ladies and gentlemen, this is my impersonation of the late Puffer you know, who had just died, like hand up in the air,
2: you know, <laughs> mouth wide open, like
0: opera hand. And then then there was like the power puke where like you, you got to like do the rock star, like, you know, fist out in the air kind of thing <laughs> and, puking. Oh. and then jazz hands, you had jazz hands. Like, so if you're not going to hold the rail, you're just like doing jazz hands. But Elmo, oh man, and you weren't there for this because this is yeah. after Crescent City. But it, So out at sea, it gets really surreal. I mean, it's basically, sometimes it's just population, us. There's literally yeah. nobody else out there as far as the eye can see. Lobster sea. pots. Yeah, and so it's like, grandpots. you know, I mean, there's rules, but when literally nobody can truly enforce them, it's like, yeah, those things. So so we were there, and I was in the folks hole trying, you know, trying to get some rest or whatever, is my off watch or whatever, and I hear, I hear pistol shots. Just like what the heck? Like you know, I know what gunfire sounds. like. I know what cannon sound like and all that. But I'm like, that's that's too high pitch. That's a pistol shot. I get out on deck, and I, I just see this surreal moment where there's Elmo. He's at, he's on the quarter deck. He is wearing a pink dress, no shirt. You know, this pin, rolled down pink dress is his hipster tattoos are showing on that that wiry kind of scrawny hipster body, and he has his little mustache and he's wearing a Viking helmet with horns and he's holding a replica 1800s replica pistol that apparently was the captain's replica pistol and one of the, you know the guys are all eating apples his watch is eating the apples and he says pull and one of them would like throw an apple and he like and try to shoot it and i'm like what are you doing and he's like it's my you know it's we're out, it's my birthday we're out at sea i can do whatever the f i want now pull boom you <laughs> know it was just like I say like, okay. I'm going back to bed. Like <laughs> it was just so surreal. Yeah, all good times. All right, Steve. Well, I don't want to keep you forever, but uh, thanks for sharing these oh, stories with
1: us. We could go on for a couple more hours. Uh, we definitely know. could.
0: I, I hope, folks, you found this entertaining. I hope it hasn't turned you off the tall ships. It's it's so much fun. It's so it's it can be crazy out there. Uh, yeah, it's a great time. And uh, hopefully, you know, I think Lady still does volunteers and takes volunteers on and does training programs. So if you're looking to that, Lady Washington Grace Harbor, great organization. Like I said, leadership is not what it was. So um, their their safety is is very good, and and uh, you know we have, we got checklists now. We got procedures for everything. Uh, definitely, when I was there as captain, that was the rule. So yeah, check it out, folks. Uh, check out check out my kid's book. Uh, wow. Greatest captain in the world, not about me. It's a great little kid's book, I think. Oh, I'm biased. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, it's coffee? a nice book. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. So you got an endorsement there. Yeah. Uh, and yes, check out the kid's books uh, and the the sequel as well, Grace Captain in the World 2. Uh, support us on Patreon. And if you can, that would be great. And I hope everybody had a great time listening to this. Take care. Wishing you fair wins and a... F- Following sea. sea and hopefully, yeah. hopefully not the following seas we had. <laughs> yeah, they were fine once they once we got with them. Following surfing sea, there you yeah. go. All right, all right, folks, take care. Carowinds following sea.